and criminal defense. John.Ferrara557 at gmail.com. Welcome to another edition of Let's Talk Vets. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Doug Sandberg. This is where we discuss vet-centric topics, the good, the bad, and the ugly, in the hope that listeners will better understand our veterans, our veterans will know they're not alone, and perhaps along the way we'll learn something about each other. We sincerely hope we accomplish that mission. The opinions expressed herein are mine alone as a veteran. Well, tonight we'll visit with a remarkable veteran, Sharon Tony Finch, a wounded warrior who turned personal injury and tragedy into a positive force assisting active, guard, and reserve service members who have premature babies. It's a big job and, as you will learn, a labor of love. Then we'll hop over to the other side of the Hudson for a chat with Vincent Ferry about this year's Veterans Art Showcase an annual event held at the Franklin D. Roosevelt Library and Museum in Hyde Park, New York. The showcase features visual arts, crafters, writers, poets, musicians, and performers who are active duty members, veterans, and family members. Exhibits, films, presentations, performances will continue all weekend long. We especially encourage the civilian community to join us for the celebration of current and former members of the armed forces and their families. And as you will find out, this is more than just the showcase. First, however, here is Dawn Shaw, director of VA's Hudson Valley Healthcare System, with this month's updates from the VA Today. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month to highlight and raise awareness on the importance of the early detection of breast cancer. The past year has posed a challenge to everything, and breast cancer prevention is no exception. But together, we're rising to the challenge. The number of women serving in the military has grown. Ultimately, these women make the transition from service member to veteran. Women veterans are the only subgroup of veterans that are expected to increase. And VA Hudson Valley is dedicated to meeting the expectations and healthcare needs of the growing number of women veterans through expansion, enhancement, and improvement of women's health services, ensuring all women veterans have access to high quality and equitable healthcare. The National Cancer Institute estimates 268,600 new reports of breast cancer in 2019 and getting a mammogram could save your life. As a result, VA Hudson Valley encourages all our women veterans to take advantage of the many valuable breast cancer education and early detection resources that we have. While breast cancer can be discovered after symptoms appear, it is frequently found in women that do not have any symptoms. Having regular screening tests is the most reliable way to find breast cancer early before symptoms start. The American Cancer Society screening recommendations for women at average breast cancer risk. First, women between 40 and 44 have the option to start screening with a mammogram every year. Women aged 45 to 54 should get a mammogram every year. And women 55 and older can switch to a mammogram every two years or can continue yearly mammograms. But all women should understand what to expect when getting a mammogram for breast cancer screening and immediately report any changes in their breasts to a healthcare provider. 
Clinical breast exams are not recommended for breast cancer screening among average risk women at any age. And screening recommendations for women at high risk for breast cancer are different. So please talk to your primary care provider for more information about breast cancer risks and breast cancer screening. I also would like to provide some information about how VA Hudson Valley is leveraging uh, VA's Women's Health Innovation and Staffing Enhancement Grants to develop solutions to preventive care gaps in women's health. VA Hudson Valley recognizes the need for improvement and is focusing on finding innovative solutions through expansion, enhancement, and improvement of women's health services. Some of the things we are doing include the following. We have increased gynecology availability at our Castle Point campus, and in preparation for projected growth of women veterans and to ensure access to gender-specific care, we are also expanding gynecological services to both our Goshen and Montrose clinics. We're increasing preventive health screening services for women veterans through development and implementation of two women's health nurse navigators dedicated to breast cancer, cervical cancer, and maternal care coordination. These roles encompass identification, outreach, education, consult and appointment coordination, follow-up and tracking of mammograms and pap smears. The gynecologist has trained three additional women's health primary care providers here at VA Hudson Valley, and now we have 12 designated women's health primary care providers located at each campus and VA clinic at Hudson Valley, and they are trained to provide comprehensive primary health care to women veterans. 88% of all women veterans enrolled at VA Hudson Valley are seeing one of these providers. We also implemented our pelvic floor rehabilitation program in our physical therapy department for women veterans. We've acquired five American with Disabilities Act compliant Brewer exam tables, which provide women with impaired mobility gender-specific care. And we're improving the patient experience through investment in staff education. We're utilizing funding as well as local and national education programs to educate clinical staff members on the specific healthcare need of women veterans. Hudson Valley has also developed an action plan to ensure all women health primary care providers complete continuing medical education credits on women's health and have ongoing education provided about specific women's health care needs. We've secured primary and alternative spots for four of our providers and four nurses to attend the Women's Health Virtual Mini Residency and Women's Musculoskeletal Health National Training Program. And our Women's Veterans Program Coordinator coordinated with VHA's Medical Director of Reproductive Mental Health to provide a trauma-informed pelvic exam in service to 66 of our staff here at Hudson Valley, including medicine and specialty providers, mental health, and social work employees. Development of our Women's Health Medical Director position has also enhanced our program. Our Women's Health Medical Director, Dr. Vala, ensures VA Hudson Valley has a strong women's health program at a facility level, engaged in strategic planning, quality improvement, and educational initiatives. Dr. Vala serves as the women's health subject matter expert, guiding leadership and staff in the development and implementation of equitable services for women veterans, which align with our VHA directives and national women's health program initiatives. And finally, we're also increasing transparency with stakeholders and promoting excellence in customer service. We are deploying the use of recent legislation to improve access to care and increasing transparency through implementation of quarterly focus groups for women veterans and establishment of biannual town halls to disseminate information and education about services offered to women veterans as well as to create platforms for women veterans to provide feedback to leadership about their experiences. So thank you so much for allowing me to talk about the importance of breast cancer awareness and all the services that VA Hudson Valley is offering to our veterans. Thank you very much, Dawn, for your time and for providing listeners of Let's Talk Vets with this very important information. Thank you. 
Sharon Tony Fence served in the U.S. Army for nine years from 2006 to 2015. While serving in Iraq, she was severely injured by an IED while stationed at Camp Kalzu, Iraq, March 10, 2010. Sharon enlisted on the buddy system with her best friend, Lakeisha Bailey. Tragically, her best friend, Lakeisha, was killed in that same attack. Sharon was taken to a hospital in Germany following a long, painful recovery. This warrant officer was assigned to manage the motor pool at Camp K-16 in Seoul, South Korea. While on duty, she developed excruciating pain and went to the Army Hospital and the International Hospital for relief to no avail. Being just a few weeks into a pregnancy, most pain medication was off-limits. Sharon was put on bed rest. Well, eventually Sharon returned to her job within two weeks of returning to work, managing the motor pool. Sharon went into labor and was transported to Samsung International Hospital at Seoul, Korea. Yerik Israel Tony was born April 8, 2014, weighing about a pound. Yerik was about the size of her hand, but he was beautiful, strong, and a fighter. Yerik survived seven months and 14 days before passing 11-22-2014. During his time in the NICU, Sharon would visit almost every day and spend time with him as he went through surgeries, treatment, intensive care, and therapy. It was expensive taking cabs to the hospital from the base and very emotional, and of course Sharon was a long, long way from home. Needless to say, this experience changed her life, and as you will hear, the lives of over 400 families who have welcomed premature babies into their lives, as well as many others. Sharon wanted to do something for these parents so they could concentrate on spending time fighting for their babies' lives at the NICU and not have to worry about meals or transportation or a place to stay. This is the main reason that the Yurik Israel Tony Foundation was founded. Now, Sharon firmly believes that if her son Yurik were alive today, he'd be very happy to see families with preemies receiving assistance and to be part of that. Sharon is a 100% disabled veteran. Like so many other remarkable veterans, she did not dwell on her challenges or tragedy, but rather continued to serve others. Today, YIT not only helps families with premature babies, but also works to find homeless vets and their families a place to call their own. So welcome to Let's Talk Vets, Sharon. Thank you so much, Douglas. I appreciate and honor for being on this show. Well, we appreciate you being here because that's what we talk about. All things to do with veterans, and this certainly has to do with vets, guard members, service members, reserve members. So what is YIT Foundation? YIT Foundation, which is known as as well Yerk Israel Tony Foundation for Premies, is a foundation that helps with reserve, National Guard, and veterans and other community other families and communities with their premies. Okay, so civilians as well? Yes, civilians as well. Okay, so this work, this organization was born out of your personal experience. So that we can all understand that, I'm going to ask you to tell us that story. In 2014, my husband and I conceived with Eric. Um, At that time, I was actually told I wouldn't be able to have any children due to what happened to me in 2010 in March in Iraq where we encountered an IED, and I was injured pretty bad. Our miracle baby came April 8th in 2014. There was not a NICU on any of the military posts, so we were sent an hour away to Samsung Hospital to have him there. Still being in the military, a warrant officer, control of a motor pool, still had to do all my duties. So traveling back and forth each day became a bit difficult. But he survived for seven months. He passed away November 22nd. 
moving forward in 2015, we decided to help other families that's been through or going through situations similar to mine. So within the Hudson Valley range, if you live at least from Orange County on up and you have a preemie, you're being sent to Westchester. If you're below Sullivan to Ulster County and up, you're being sent to Albany Med. So just think about the travel expenses and trying to get back and forth. That will be a bit difficult. So we come in, either put them up in Airbnbs or give them travel vouchers. Moving forward as well, we do help with all the needs, especially when it comes to medical needs. TRICARE is definitely not cheap. With being a reserve, a National Guard, you have to pay as close to $300 for care. So we found another alternative into getting them on Medicaid or Medicare for their families. As well, we do help with supplies, as in diapers, as in formula. There's this one specific formula that is not covered by WIC, which is Infamil Neuropro InfraCare. For preemies. For just 12 cans for one family, it equals 300 a month. So just imagine you have one parent that has to be home and the other one's working. So the expense could be very expensive. So we help take care of that for them. And that 12 cans lasts how long? A good month. A month, okay. Mm-hmm. So look, educate us on the particular issues and complications of premature babies, uh, understanding that they weigh a lot less and what have you, but what happens uh, with a premature baby? What are the unique complications? The unique complications that we have ran into, for one, we have one that has a GI tract issue. We have to find a specialist, which of course, being on TRICARE, it was very hard to cover. So, of course, we had to get them on the Medicaid. Some of the visits are actually paid for, but then, of course, we come in and pay for the rest, especially when it comes to the prescriptions that's needed, as in drops before they have to be fed, so they be able to keep down the formula. Another issue, of course, we see is Down syndrome or autism. And when it comes to medical bills, it can be expensive. So we come in as well and help out with things that need, especially when it comes to home health aid for the child. So if you're a regular service member, is your health insurance entirely paid for? Or do they pay for this? I guess it's a supplement TRICARE also? Yes. So if you are active duty, you're completely covered. But when you reserve a National Guard, you're not. You have to pick a plan through TRICARE to be able to cover for your family. And it could be very expensive, especially for those that maybe are working part-time. To my understanding, and the research that I've done tells me that a family of three, a married service member, their spouse, and and a child, like a PFC, makes about 2000 to $2,500 more than what's called the national poverty level. Do you think that is that accurate? That's if you're active duty. If you're active duty, what about reserves? I mean, what does what a reservist, PFC reservist, make a year? Within a year, you're, you're really thinking in the 20s. And that's not, that's not a lot of money. No, it's not. <clears throat> so you're talking about a guard member that's, a full-time complement, not just a weekend warrior, so to speak. Now, you're full-time when you're actually deployed. Okay. Okay. All right. Back home, you're not. Okay, I see. Okay, so let's uh, look at, you've already talked about some of the things that YIT provides in, in terms of additional support for families that must or must have their premature baby in a uniquely qualified facility with a, uh, a, a NICU in in this area, be Albany or Westchester. 
But what what other things does uh, YIT provide? So for the low-income homeless veterans, we do provide the help. During COVID, we was able to find affordable housing for 200 homeless veterans. Interesting. Do you work with other agencies? Uh... Yes, we do with CBR Associates. That's within um, the in Westchester over in White Plains. Our board member is the VP, so they work with Section 8 and HUD. So we will get a list of affordable housing within the area to help us narrow down and figure out where we could place them. So, uh, Sharon, in all of this work you do with families and what have you, uh, do you work closely with the VA? Yes, I do. The... VA in the Bronx, the VA in Albany, the VA at Castle Point and Montrose. They have all my information. I got to honestly say thanks to Deertra and to Dorothy Trimmer, too. They send those that are in need and help my way. They give them that information, so it's like a referral that they do. Example, we have a family job, Brito which is a retired veteran that was medical retired from MST, military sexual trauma. She was referred by Deirdre, that's in Montrose. With um, HUD, as in with HUD Bash, you have Westpop that works hand in hand with them as well. Right. for certain certain things that I may need or ask, I do send the vets over there as well for any other help. Okay, so is are there any qualifications to get help from your organization? When it comes to premies, of course, your premium of course have to be in a NICU. When it comes to veterans that are low income, qualifications for that is really those, you know, um, it's more or less not even being discriminatory with that. You have to be barely, in a sense, barely making it to where we can at least help if you don't have the benefits, because we do as well work with DSS and different vet vet programs that will help you get the benefits that's in need. What kind of ballpark figure, what kind of funds do you have to raise right now a year to run this organization, to provide these services, and how many families are you currently working with? Funds for a year, definitely over three hundred, over three hundred thousand. It's not easy to um, per se to put a family member in an Airbnb that may cost close to two hundred a night or other expenses as in getting all their supplies that's in need as in formula, diapers, things as such. We could run up to for at least just say even just within 10 families, that's already 20 within two months. Right now we are working with over 400 families. That's actually from 2015 on to now. Okay. So give us a a typical example. When we talked earlier, you had mentioned one family in particular. I believe it was the Speed family. Tell Tell us that story. Little Maggie was born really early. The issues that she was having and still are having is with her GI tract. So I had to find a specialist to be able to help her outside of the NICU doctor care. Uh, he's National Guard. He's work, he works with the union, but his fiance stays home with Maggie as she needs 24-hour care. So the little that he brings in takes care of their room and board where they are now. But when it comes to different expenses, as in for instance, um, the medication, the drops, 
as well with the formula. We take care of buying the formula for them. We take care of doing the diapers for them and other things as such. Um, right now, we're actually doing a fundraiser for them so they could take care of other things that's needed for Maggie to get her in a sense where she needs to be with her cognitive skills and everything else, as in like different toys to help her understand what to do and what to grasp, things as such. So just for that one family itself, it's over $2,000 a month. So most of these premature babies have complications of some sort beyond being, um, let's say, uh, just normal physical development. Mm-hmm. And is there any typical length of time that these babies are involved in this very specialized care environment? No. I could give you an example. We do have a two-year-old that still in need of a whole lot of care. The other month, one of his lungs collapsed. He had to go back to Westchester. And this is like the thing that I was fighting for, for more or less, when you think about with TRICARE. I was back and forth with the family about getting them on Medicaid to at least be able to help with the certain things as in machinery-wise, because he needs a machine to sleep, a breathing machine to sleep with. So at that time, he was still on TRICARE. TRICARE only wanted to cover only a thousand from when it actually cost close to 10,000 for that machine. So luckily we came up with a good portion, but we were still like a thousand short. So we was able to reach out to Larry, which was part, which is part of the Hudson Valley Veterans Task Force. And he reached out to that community to where we was able to raise the funds to bring that boy home with the machine. Well, the veteran community is um, unquestionably a valuable group to this country, not only the Hudson Valley Veterans Task Force, but all over the country. Okay, Sharon, so uh, do you run fundraisers during the year to help you out? And if so, do you have anything coming up? Yes, I actually do. Um, November 13th at the Newburgh Armory Unity Center, we will be holding an event there, a toy drive. And actually, um, we are linked up with Toys for Tots. Sergeant Grinnell, she's amazing. We will as well have over two, we will have 200 turkeys. Um, thankful to Adams Farms and Fancy Foods who donated the turkeys for this event. We will definitely have free haircuts for the service members, veterans, and as well first responders, as well for the children too and for the women that are serving we have a special salonist that is going to be there free food for the vets first responders and the children and service members that's going to be sponsored from buffalo wild wings red lobster jersey mike's pizza hut and as well, Salisha Garden of Eden. So again, again, where is that and time and when is it? Um, November 13th, hours 2 to 6 at the Newburgh Armory Unity Center on South William Street. Okay, that's fantastic. And we will have all types of different bouncy houses and rides as well provided from party master for the children to enjoy okay and that information is also on your website huh yes it is okay good got it is there anything else you'd like to share that we haven't covered that we're here to help as much as we can for of course families with preemies and as well with veterans in need how long have you been doing this 2015 Oh, wow. That's a long time. How can people get involved if they want to know more about it or want to help? And how do they contact you? Give us all that good stuff, okay? You could definitely go on the website, YIT Foundation. You can always reach me at 
701-9429 if you have any questions at all. Well, that's terrific, and um, it is great work that you're doing. It's a shame that, uh, again, a uh, non-government organization has to pick up the slack, but um, we're glad somebody's there to do it. Are there other organizations like yours throughout the country? There's a few. There is a few, but does it combine when it comes to preemies as well with vets? Sharon, thank you so much for taking the time to educate our listeners on Radio Catskill, WJFF's Let's Talk Vets. Thank you. You're listening to Let's Talk Vets right here on Radio Catskill, WJFF. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Doug Sandberg. You know, listening to Sharon, it struck us how active service members, National Guard and Reserve, must struggle to make ends meet while serving our country. This is especially true of our younger service members who are starting families. So, as we near Veterans Day and many of us get ready for a feast of Thanksgiving if we can indeed find a turkey, I decided to give you some food for thought. We hear a lot these days about equity. That's, of course, ensuring the same outcome for everyone versus equality, meaning a level playing field for opportunity. So I thought it would be appropriate to take a look at what we pay uh, young women and men who go into harm's way to keep us safe here at home. According to the Department of Health and Human Services Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, the poverty level in the U.S. for a couple is $17,664 a year. Now, a private first class, or E3, if you will, earns about 24012 Of course, taxes and the cost of health care reduces that amount of disposable income for an individual or a family. If a family of three pays $600 a month for TRICARE, well, they spend $7,200 a year. You get the picture. While on active duty, of course, military members receive full medical benefits. However, Guard and Reserve members and retirees must pay for TRICARE. TRICARE costs vary, but range from $300 to $366 a month for an individual and 600 to 732 for a family, depending on whether you enlisted before or after January 1st, 2018. And, of course, there are co-pays for various services. Now, I thought it would be interesting to see just how much members of Congress pay for their health care. Now, in all fairness, contrary to popular belief, congressional members do not receive free health care. Instead, they choose a gold-level Obama policy and receive federal subsidies to cover 72% of the cost of their premiums. In short, members of Congress and staff pay approximately 28% of their annual health care premiums through pre-tax payroll deductions. They also have access to free or low-cost care through the Office of the Attending Physician as well as free medical outpatient care at military facilities in the D.C. area. Well, that's a pretty good deal, especially given that the average 21-year-old civilian making 25000 a year would be charged about 282 per month for a silver Obamacare plan and pay about half of that, or about 142 thanks to subsidies. That, according to the Kaiser Family Foundation, So riddle me this, where are those same subsidies for our service men and women? And then there are, of course, the military contractors. Now, these folks are paid to do jobs formerly done by members of the military. I'm not sure exactly how it's determined what jobs will be done by private companies, but surely it can't be to save money. Government contractors' pay ranges from $35,000 to $177,000 per year, and the average is about 53139 plus benefits. 
So I have to say, folks, as a veteran and American citizen, I am outraged that American service members are so poorly compensated and must pay so much for health care, while those on Capitol Hill, safe, warm, and well-fed, enjoy the best at the lowest cost. Perhaps it's time for our elected representatives to stop patronizing special interest groups and studying polls and worrying about getting the next vote to do something meaningful for our service members. So the next time you thank someone for their service, think about what it really means in terms of sacrifice. Pay is, of course, only part of the equation. Let's never forget the separation from family and friends, working conditions, and, of course, the risk. Well, the Veteran Art Showcase at the FDR Library and Museum is an event that celebrates veterans and the healing power of creativity. And it'll move this year to a digital platform due to COVID-19. Here now is Vince Ferry to fill us in on the details of this year's program. So welcome to Let's Talk Vets, Vince. Um, We recognize the role of creative arts in helping veterans heal and reintegrate. And each year, the Veteran Art Showcase is held at the FDR Library and Museum in Hyde Park, New York. And while this year is no exception, it will be virtual for the second year in a row. Correct? Uh, You're right about that. We used to have, up until the pandemic, a a very uh, immersive program with performances, poetry readings, video scuba diving, demonstrations, Tai Chi, and of course, the visual art show. But because of the pandemic, we were virtual last year, and we're going virtual again this year. So let's start with the event history and uh, the development of the event. How did it come about? Who said, hey, I got a great idea. Let's, uh, Let's have a show. Well, it started as a collaboration between a number of different organizations. Among them were the FDLR, Presidential Library Museum, the Veteran Family Support Alliance, and Orange County Arts. The Veteran Family Support Alliance included a lot of different people and organizations, including health practitioners, educators, uh, members of the Veterans Administration and Veteran Services Agencies, active and retired military, and their families. So between this whole conglomeration of groups and people, we eventually started the Veterans Art Showcase. Okay, and one of the things that you say on your website is is this is more than just an art show. <laughs> well, we try to make it as immersive as possible. We we always invite the public to participate. We invite family members of veterans and active duty military to participate. It's a way to involve the community with the problems and, and the lives of veterans in the Hudson Valley. We have videos of programs like the Equus Effect where Horse training is used to help integrate veterans in society. We have another group, the Hudson Valley Center for Veterans Reintegration, that does kayak building. We have a member that does scuba diving and photography. We have Exit 12, which is a veterans performing arts program, and Vet to Vets, which is a program in in the Hudson Valley that helps veterans integrate. All these come together with elements in our in our show. Sometimes we have videos, sometimes we have uh, actual performances if we're live. But now all that stuff is on the website in digital media format. We have representations from most of those groups. Do you have a gut feeling on how last year being virtual and this year will compare with other years when it was physical presence? Well, it's hard to make that comparison between the physical and and the virtual. We're trying to maintain contact with everyone. Clearly, we've taken a hit uh, with the pandemic, but we're trying to provide an immersive experience online through media. Okay, so what's some of the most interesting works that you have seen that maybe you didn't expect to see? Well, 
it's uh, there's a lot of it that's really great. We got a we got a veteran filmmaker who did a video on life at the border in, in Texas uh, and the problems that ensue there. We've had video presentations of uh, scuba diving, incredible photography. We have a video of Frontline Paper, which is one I don't think I mentioned before. It's a, a group that makes paper, and part of the in- reintegration process is the veterans will take their uniforms and, and other objects from their service and uh, make it into paper. And in, in so doing, they have a therapeutic effect. And we have a video of that online, very impressive. I really can't categorize these as one over the other. They're all very impressive. Exit 12 did an incredible performance last year that we have online. And, of course, there's the visual artwork. So where do the veteran artists predominantly come from? Are they in the area mostly, or has this spread out to go maybe out of state now? Primarily in the area, but this year I've gotten some applications from veterans in active duty in other places in the country, and we've made contact with the group on the West Coast. You know, everyone's program is struggling right now, so in, at this particular time in, in our history, it's difficult to get people to, to participate outside of the local area because they're all, they're all struggling with their own programs. They're struggling with finance. They're struggling with ways to reach the public and other veterans. But I think we're doing pretty well. I think we have close to 27 or 30 applications this year, which I think is pretty good. On the day of the show, which may be postponed a little bit by week, we'll put the new showcase up. Right now, we have all the information that anyone needs to apply. It's at uh, www.veteranartsshowcase.org. We have our applications there, our rules and regulations relative to the application, and there's a link to last year's show there also. Okay. Are any of the works displayed for sale? Well, you know, we haven't discussed that. The The Veteran Arts Showcase, uh, sponsored by the uh, Roosevelt Library Museum and Orange County Arts, being a non-for-profit organization, we can't solicit money of any kind, even in terms of the sale of artwork. So in that sense, uh, nothing on our website or on the shows is for sale except through negotiation with the individual artists. So we cannot raise funds through this venue. Okay, but if I saw something that I wanted to buy, the information on the artist is there, so I could either get in touch with you or with them directly? Yes, you could. We would provide the information if the artist agreed to it. Absolutely. Okay. Is there anything else that we haven't covered that you'd like to add? The Hudson Valley uh, veteran hospitals are... are, uh, deeply involved in this program. The art therapy program at the VA Hudson Valley Health Care System has several programs with a, a couple of therapists who actually are using art in their therapy for returning veterans. And uh, we have professional artists who present at our, our venues, and we also have veterans who are in therapy, and we present their art also. Okay. So just one more time, go over the website and the phone numbers and contact information. Okay. The website is www.veteranartsshowcase.org. That's all one word. And our phone numbers are Dale Weiss is uh, coordinating the applications, and he can be reached at 845 679 2161. And George Laws, who's our scuba diving expert, is at 914-522-5518. We also have an email address where applications can be sent, veteranartsshowcase at gmail.com. And we also have an online digital application. So if someone has access to a computer, they can actually find our application online and fill it out digitally, press the button, and it comes to us. And the date again? The date, it was tentatively set at the 20th, but uh, I just heard from Dale the other day that we might uh, postpone that for a week. 
Okay, and then it will remain up for a year, is that right? It will remain up for the entire year until the next showcase, and it will stay up until the very day of the showcase. What I do is I make two home pages and just swap them on the day of the exhibition. So, And actually, last year's exhibition is online. There's a link on the website called VAS 2020, and if you click that link, you can see the whole show from last year. And it is well worth the visit because I did so in preparation to talking to you. Um, oh, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You guys do a great job. Now, if somebody wanted to get involved, not necessarily to submit a creative work, but to help you folks out either with a, a donation or to volunteer to do some work, how does that occur? Well, we do have a contribution link on the website. And the two phone numbers that I, I just gave out, which are also on the homepage, are those are people who can help direct uh, volunteers to the organization. And uh, they can also go to our contact donors page where we have a link to donate through PayPal. Thank you very much, Doug. All right. Thank you. Take care now. You too. Bye. Bye. Twelve month tour behind him and all his hopes ahead a pride that beat with his young heart for all the things he did as he stepped off the airplane he stooped and kissed the ground. He traded a war on foreign soil For one in his hometown There was no love for the soldier Living back home from the fight That old flag was stitched with more than blue and white But we turned out Can't forget to look back 
give our gratitude to all the men who fought before and lived and died without their due. Love has come back for the soldier to carry him home from the fight. Cause that old flag it flies with Well, our thanks this evening to Don Shaw, Director, Hudson Valley VA Healthcare System, Sharon Tony Finch, Founder and Director of YIT Foundation, and Vincent Ferry of the Veteran Arts Showcase. And to U.S. Army Major Jay Billington for his tribute to our Vietnam vets, the song The Eagle Cried. And, of course, to you for joining us once again. Please let your friends know about this program and share with us your comments and suggestions for future shows. Also, send us your upcoming events so we may talk about them on the air. Drop me a line at vets at wjffradio.org. If you or someone you know is experiencing anxiety or need to speak to someone, here are some numbers to remember. The Veterans Crisis Line, 1-800-273-8255. Press 1 to talk to someone. Send a text message to 838255 to connect with a VA responder or start a confidential online session at veteranscrisis.net forward slash chat. And don't forget that Let's Talk Vets is now widely available as a podcast. Until our next formation, thanks for listening. Thank you for your service. Company dismissed. So let's close tonight on an optimistic note. Marty Klein has been a guest on this program. He's a remarkable veteran who is totally blind as a result of a rare disease he contracted while serving. As you can imagine, he was devastated, but he did not let that stop him from focusing on why other service members with disabilities cannot continue to serve in some capacity. Toward that end, he began a movement, Why Can't We Serve?, he also wrote and performed the following anthem of hope to put to music the human spirit and the fact that we can all find a reason to live if we look deep enough. Good night. I have the will to survive If I get what I need to stay alive And I don't indulge in feeling so deprived I gotta make a move to get myself satisfied Satisfied
This week on Something Old, Something New, Waxman, Korngold, Hermann, Lutyens, a few of the composers who wrote for the screen. Let's get ready for Halloween. That's Thursday at 10 on Radio Catskill. You're listening to Radio Catskill. This weekend, the wary take care, witches take wing, ghouls arise, because every creature knows. It's our fall favorites fun drive. And it all starts Friday. Whether you love stuff that goes bump in the night or you prefer brown paper packages tied up with string, Radio Catskill is one of your favorite things. So make it official. Donate to the station in honor of your favorite radio show at WJFFradio.org. If you dare. WJFF Jeffersonville, Radio Catskill. On air at 90.5 FM. WJFFradio.org. Listen to us on your smartphone. Download the WJFF app. Listen to us on your smart speaker. Like us on Facebook. And follow us on Instagram. Radio Catskill. Keeping you connected. Support comes from the Law Office of John Ferrara in Monticello. Providing legal services in the areas of matrimonial and family law and criminal defense. John.Ferrara557 at gmail.com. Support comes from The Vintage House on Main Street, Jeffersonville, featuring eclectic furnishings, clothing, antiques, records, and books in a charming 19th century house. VintageHouseJville.com and on Instagram at VintageHouseJville. Listening to the Retro Cocktail Hour. <laughs> 